Welcome, my love, to the Living for Christ podcast. I'm your host, Anastasia, aka Anna Empowers, here to more deeply understand with you the rich fullness of God. Because when you understand your creator, you understand his creation, yourself, his world, all that he designed for you to be. God led me out of self-sabotage and insecurity and the new age deception by breaking chains that bound me to my past. And that is my mission here today with you to help you in him and in him alone break chains that bind you to your past, break chains of shame, of insecurity, of self-sabotage in him. So together we can be humbled and surrender to his glorious love and unleash the gifts that he willed for us to bring into his world for him and his glory, not for ourselves. He wants to guide you. He wants to pour into you. He wants to heal you like he's healed so many aspects of my life. When I didn't even seek him at first, God is so good, so patient, so perfectly loving. On this podcast, you'll receive inspiring stories and experiences and mistakes I've made all along the way, plus the unique perspectives of thought leaders on faith-based life and faith-based business so that you can amplify your faith in God's work in your own life. God wants you to store the unique gifts, talents, and ideas that he gave you. He sanctifies and clarifies your unique design the more you come to know and walk with him. God is the strength that I lean on every day to be made into a better steward, servant, wife, and woman for his glory. I am so excited and so honored to welcome Jessica here on our podcast today. She is a beautiful faith-based life and business coach, and she, like me, got saved out of the new age, and I'm so excited for her to share her testimony and her work with us today. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here and to share the goodness of God. Yeah, I would love to first hear, Jessica, kind of how you ended up in faith-based business and what led you here and how you got saved. Just a little bit of your testimony there. Yeah, of course. All right, so (laughs) here we go. Um, Yeah, so at the height of my new age, like in the new age, right before I got saved, I had a six-figure coaching business going, um, you know, just serving women from all over the world, making so much money, uh, teaching women about the divine feminine, there's, you know, sexual liberation, sensuality, um, you know, really like perverting your relationship with God and God and money and the worship of money and stuff like that. And I got saved in October, 2021. So I've been walking with the Lord now for 19 months. And it's really been in the last maybe like 10 months that I've been like doing my business in a faith-based way. Because when I first got saved, he really asked me to lay it down. But let me backtrack a little and just share a little bit about my testimony Um, when I was a teenager, I started getting into psychedelic drugs and this was really like the doorway that opened up my mind into the new age and, you know, learning about creating my own reality and energy and vibration and, um, the power of crystals and the elements and, um, Esther Hicks, Eckhart Tolle, like 
the alchemist, right? Like doing all these things, getting into yoga and meditation. And um, yeah, so like the psychedelics really opened up my mind to that. I had like crazy experiences that I thought were God and me like meeting God. And, you know, I was raised Catholic, but I never felt a sense of connection there. Like I never, I didn't have a relationship with Jesus and I was never shown that it was important to have a relationship with Jesus. I was told like, yes, he died for your sins and stuff, but I never knew like what that really meant. So I got into new age around the age of like, like 17, 18, 19, really hardcore, like in my early twenties. And before you knew it, I was just, this was my whole life. Like just learning about this stuff, learning about Hinduism and Buddhism. I traveled to Bali and got my yoga certification. I got um, like Reiki certified, like anything around that, like you name it, I did it, got involved in it. And um around like five years into my new age journey I like I realized that when I was younger I went through like sexual abuse so backtrack to like when I was a teenager I like had I was sexually abused and I saw that like after that happened I got into drinking and smoking and drugs like just partying when I was a teenager but it's like I had a split personality kind of because in school I was like straight A student like honors classes and then outside of school I was like this horrible kid like just rebelling so hard my parents got divorced when I was um around that age like a like 12 11 12 and after that I was just like Satan came in and just wreaked havoc in my life and I can see how he used all that trauma as like a bait to years later really bait me into the new age because I was seeking healing, I was seeking freedom, I was seeking peace. So around like, like I said, five years into my journey in the new age, I like got out of denial that oh my gosh, I was like sexually abused when I was younger, like no, no wonder why like I need healing because for all those first years in the new age, I'm like, yeah, I want healing journey. And I'm like, wait, what am I healing from? Like, oh, that's what I'm healing from. I'm healing from like, trauma of divorce and sexual abuse and all these things and I saw like how one thing led to another so this is when I got introduced to like tantra and sacred sexuality and feminine masculine um you know it's been so long now that I like be saying it I'm like I can't believe like I like it's like I forgot because when you get saved by Jesus you become a brand new creation it's like you everything is like wiped clean from you, but you really are a different person. Um, But yeah, I got into like the masculine energy, this and that. And at that time, I remember graduating college, like I went back to college, got my BA in psychology. And I knew that I never like wanted to enter the system. Like I didn't want to be a psychologist or a therapist. Like I really had an entrepreneurial spirit. I wanted to travel the world and have a business and I saw how social media like I was able to do that so I remember around that time when I got out of denial of like what happened to me got really into tantra sacred sexuality I hired my first like business coaches to support me in starting my own coaching business um and you know I would do like in-person sessions and I saw how because of my openness and my ability to like my emotional intelligence to be able to connect with other people, 
the the clients were very open with me like I can I was able to like hold that space for them to really like unfold and unravel and you know I saw that this was I was able to like make a living off of this so um that was like a few like a few years of like just studying that stuff and then I remember it was like probably 20 it was right when COVID happened like once COVID happened, I really went like full force into my business. Like I was not playing around anymore. Like, cause you know, in the beginning of a social media business, it's like scary, like going live and talking about your offerings. And, but I knew like COVID, like that happening, I like felt like something greater than me was telling me like, all right, go all into this. Like, this is what you're meant to do. So I hired like another business coach it was like the biggest investment that I ever made. And I really like went for it. And in less than a year, I was making like, I hit like my first 10k month and 15, 25k, 30k, I was like, just making all this money and like gaining all this fame on Instagram. And, you know, I was supporting women and healing trauma and sec- like their sexuality and stuff like that. But I was also teaching them all of these you know, magic of ISIS, like sex magic stuff, like, or orgasmic manifestation, like things that I was learning. And I saw working for other people. Um, I was living in a beautiful house on the coast of Costa Rica, like anything that I wanted, I had like, and at the same time, I was in a relationship with this, with this person. And it's like, everything was going great. And like my business and stuff, but this relationship was like, super toxic. And it was like a trauma bond. And basically I felt like I was being like mentally and emotionally abused because it's like the world, right? Instagram and my clients were telling me like, oh, you're a divine goddess and thank you so much. And then I had this man that I was dating, like telling me that I was like ugly and that I was like fat and he wasn't attracted to me, you know? And I felt like because of the doctrines of the new age that I was submitted to, like, oh, you're your partner's supposed to trigger your shadow and you know you're supposed to heal your insecurities and your trauma and I was like oh like no wonder why like this is coming up because I'm supposed to heal here like it was just so dark like everything that was happening but it's like the money and stuff that I was making was it was it was not fully satisfying me but I felt like I was doing something right because that was happening and around this time too, I was just getting into like, like I got into Kundalini yoga, like a few years before that I would do like chanting and, and I saw it like actually working. And that's like the scary part is that these things actually were working, but the power that you're tapping into is not the power of God. It's actually Satan. And I didn't know that, but I was doing like blood rituals. Like it was just really dark. So the, like the height of it is that in September 2021, we moved from Costa Rica after living there for like nine months and we moved to Northern California. And when we like first got there, like something just shifted in me. Like I knew that like something was going to happen or something was going to change. And in the first week of living there, I saw my first new age to Jesus testimony. I had no idea like what I was like at that time too, I was, I was reading these like doctrine of demon things about Jesus. Like I believe that he was like lovers with Mary Magdalene and the Rose lineage and Christ consciousness. And 
Um, I thought that I was like channeling Jesus and uh, it was just, I was so deceived. So I saw this like new age to Jesus testimony talking about like the God of the Bible. <laughs> and I like immediately got convicted because this person was sharing scripture with like new age teachings and like how scripture was like rebuking the new age lies. And I was just like, what is this? And mind you, at the time I had my whole six figure business going, I had so many clients and my heart is literally being convicted. And I remember bringing this to my boyfriend and being like, hey, like, I think we need to read the Bible. Like, I think that this is true. And he was like, no, like these people are traumatized. Like this is, they're looking for a savior. Like this is not, but I knew like in my heart that it was that like something was here, but I was scared. I was so scared because my whole well-being was built upon my new age belief system. At the time too, I had two other clients that were being convicted and we were like able to talk about it in our coaching sessions. Like what is going on? So I kind of shut it out for a little bit and but like I found myself late at night like unblocking the people that I saw sharing about testimonies they didn't even know me but I was like blocking them because I was like just shutting out God and like just see looking at scripture and I was like fascinated like it was like satisfying my soul it was like satisfying a piece of me that nothing else that I'd ever learned was so Basically, like I had an experience and this is like in my in my full testimony too, but I wind up like lashing out at my boyfriend after like having a fight with him and basically after like experiencing like reactive abuse in a way after all the abuse I felt from him, like literally like attacking him and he actually called the cops on me and I got arrested and that was like the moment where I was like, all right, God, I'm listening. Like I knew that the Lord was trying to get my attention. And basically I literally like had to go into a jail cell for a few minutes, like while all this stuff was happening. Um, and Jesus Christ uh, like came to me in the jail cell and I saw his like white linen robe and it wasn't the Jesus that I thought I was channeling. It, it was the real Jesus. And he basically told me that I've been living in bondage and I'm in chains already. And like, he's the only one that can break my chains for me. And he wanted my heart. And like, after being there and like my boyfriend, like abandoned me, fleed to like Texas or something. And I like came out of like the jail that night. And I knew that like something like this was real like Jesus Christ is actually coming to save me like what is happening so obviously like when you were in the new age for so long like you were entertaining demons you were consenting to these things to like you're making contracts basically like with the darkness so there once you're going to the one true living God Jesus Christ they're gonna turn on you so I started like throwing away my stuff like my altar and my tarot cards and all the things, my all of my idols. Because once you meet the one true living God, all your idols fall down and you see how actually ridiculous all of it is. So just th throwing these things out, I'm getting attacked demonically, like telling me to kill myself, like commit suicide, like trying to make me feel ashamed for like, hurt, like 
lashing out at my my now ex-boyfriend like it was just so crazy but it was like a few weeks of just getting attacked and me being like is this the truth I don't know like but then once I fully like just went to scripture the, like when I was just experiencing that, the only thing that made me feel good like made me feel peace was scripture like was the bible was Jesus and that's when I knew like oh my gosh like I have been completely deceived I have been living in complete sin and I cannot hold my sin like it was so wild because a month or two before that I like remember posting something on my Instagram and I was like oh sin isn't real you know that's what they teach you sin isn't real it's uh, a fear-based mind control thing but like no sin is real and I was I could not hold the weight of my sin and I realized like wow I need a savior and that is Jesus Christ and he delivered me from all these strongholds he literally like he is so amazing just fell in love with him submitted my life to him and it's just never been the same since like he has changed everything and there's more details to it of like testimonies in between but that was like the salvation moment Oh my gosh, God is so good. Um, There's so much I want to ask you about this. We could be talking for like 12 hours, I feel like. But it's, it's funny. Maybe it's not funny. It's kind of tragic. But the way that so many of us end up in the new age through trauma, like you said, I ended up doing a lot of the similar work to what you were doing, except I didn't end up in the feminine masculine niche I suppose work yeah. until much later and I never really dove deep into that my thing was the shadow work yeah I think was the shadow work and it was like the basis of anything else I taught was was shadow work that was like the basic philosophy beneath everything else and I think one of the most difficult things I see within the coaching industry and the new age coaching industry specifically is when everything is working, like you talked about that life you had before you came to Christ, where you were making lots of money, you got whatever it is you wanted materially, like everything was quote unquote working from the outside. And I feel like that's used as a justification of, well, nothing's broken. Like I'm good. Clearly I'm doing everything right because everything is turning out right around me. Can you speak a little bit to why that's that idea is false why that's false security and how you came to find that out yeah I mean that's the thing when it comes to well sin will never satisfy right the world will never satisfy us and the world tells us something else right if you make enough money if you have enough time freedom geographic freedom if you have all this stuff like you will be satisfied But that's not what the Bible says. And that's not the actual truth. Like only Jesus can satisfy us. And it's like the more material things you have or the more you're worshiping these things, the harder your heart is going to get towards God. And you're not even, you know, in the Bible, it says Satan blinds the minds of unbelievers. And you as a new believer, you're going to see this more and more when you talk to unbelievers, like, how they're actually blinded, like they actually have scales on their eyes. And when you're born again, it means that you can actually see Jesus, you can actually see what the cross means for us. But when you your life is going great, and you have money and you're, it's like you are so 
hardened and numb to the to your own sin that there's no need for a savior if you don't understand that you're actually living in sin and you have you know you have not repented so it it's so dangerous when you can when you know you do start to get the things right from manifesting and stuff like that because you're like no like this is working like i'm god i'm manifesting my own reality but each person really has to come to the end of themselves to realize like, wow, I have all this stuff and I'm, I still want more. Why do I want more? Like, why am I not fully satisfied? And that's a thought that I had. I remember just before getting saved, like I was making, I had so much money, like, and, and I had so much freedom and I was able to, I was hitting these goals, right. That I had for so long. And I was like, I'm not even at peace. Like, I'm still like freaking out all the time. Like, what is going on? Like, isn't this healing supposed to give me peace? So, yeah. Yeah, I think the the peace aspect has been the biggest realization for me on the other side where I thought I was doing so well. I thought that I was internally doing so well. Like I thought I was spiritually and emotionally healthy. And then- when I came into Christ officially, right? Like when I talked to you earlier, I was on this fence. When I got off that fence and really gave my whole life to Christ, it's like this false sense of confidence, this false sense of security, this ego fell. And I didn't even know I had that, right? I think in the new age, that idea of a spiritual ego is talked about, yet everyone has it. Yeah. And everyone yeah. thinks they don't. And I thought I didn't. And then it fell and I, all this weakness, but like, it was, oh, I'm, I'm weak and I need to rely on God sort of weakness. It wasn't this, I don't know, this, this weakness that made me worse somehow. Like it made me rely on God and actually be mm-hmm. stronger and have a real sense of security instead of the false sense of security that I was living in all these facades that I didn't know were facades fell yeah. down. So I, I completely relate to like the, the scales falling off your eyes and seeing everything differently and becoming that new creation. And even the desires of my heart changing and like me looking yes. at my husband differently and all this stuff, I guess I just, I, I wonder how you then came to navigate those conversations with unbelievers or if that those just kind of relationships fall away or how that came to be because right now for example in my life most of my audience is still from the new age most of the people in my life are still from from the new age and I try to have these conversations and it's like there's just no connection it's just we're living in different worlds and I I remember I think it was in Proverbs actually I remember reading somewhere that in the Bible that you the Lord is the beginning of wisdom that they need to like open their hearts to the Lord in some way in order for that wisdom to even be received. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it just won't penetrate. So what has been your experience navigating that, especially in your business when you went on to transition it into a faith-based business? Yeah. Well, just the scripture you were touching upon it talk, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so many people see fear of the Lord being like, Oh, he wants me to be afraid of him. Like, no, like, Oh, like what a controlling God. And it's like, that's such a blind it. They're so blinded. Cause like fear of the Lord means that you're afraid of actually breaking God's heart. Like 
he has a design and boundaries for us to live in obedience to him and leaving living in obedience to God actually gives us the most freedom and you can see when people are living outside of God's boundaries they're the ones that are in bondage those are the ones that are covered in shame and hurting and not at peace because they're their own gods and trying to be their own god so um and you know just continue praying for those people that the Lord is putting in your path but I know the position that you're in because it was so awkward like when I got saved like my following and all the relationships I had like on Instagram were literally like through like built upon the new age and I remember just like first looking at my Instagram and just feel like the Lord just broke my heart for what broke his looking at the pictures that I had on there like I was like half naked just complete blasphemy against God like just oh it was horrible and I just remember just sobbing and weeping and being like Lord like take this like you can have this like this platform like I don't want it like you take it what do you want to do with it like whatever it is and it was from that moment he started like guiding me of of like what to do what he wants to do because in Genesis there's a verse that says um the Lord will use for good what the enemy meant for evil so there is a reason why he built up that plat like I got that platform and the people following me to that point and then he saved me there so first he like showed me to just archive some of the really bad pictures that like just should not be on there but at first I actually kept a lot of my old content up and then um I think I took like one or two weeks off but the Lord said to me like no I want you to still be a coach I want you to still be a mentor like I'm going to sanctify this space he started showing me like I was going to be making reels like for the kingdom and if you see now on my Instagram, like I have a lot of reels, I've been making them, but I never really made reels before that. But he was just showing me all this like new stuff that was going to be glorifying to him. And, you know, I shared, he like wanted me to share everything that I was experiencing. So if you even go back on my highlights to like the last highlights on, you'll see like my salvation. And I got so attacked by so many new agers, like, and even like my ex posted on his like he wound up blocking me and stuff but sharing what happened and all these people then attacked me you know telling me that I'm an abuser and like I should die and then just you know people attacking me for my beliefs but I just literally clung to scripture because Jesus said you know the world hated me first and through my sharing of my testimony though, like other people got saved too. And they were like sharing like, oh my gosh, what you're sharing, like I'm convicted. And like now we're in fellowship, like all that time later and just really cling to the Lord around how does he, like giving him your space, like that platform belongs to him. And knowing that like all these people left like all these people left too I think I lost like over 700 followers like people just dropping like flies like people that were my friends just being like I can't be friends with you like so in John 15 it says like the Lord will prune out whatever is not bearing fruit and whatever is bearing fruit like he's going to prune and um and it's going to bear more fruit so it is a really like uncomfortable process but once you meet Jesus, you're just like, I don't care. Like, I don't want anything but you. And like, I know that you are God and you have the best plan for my life. 
Mm, so good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think one of the things that, because I, I mentioned to you that I was convicted to leave the news behind like three weeks ago. So I'm fresh out of it. And one of the struggles that I've been facing in this new space I'm in is how to discern the voice of God having come from this place where, like you said, you thought you were channeling Jesus. You thought all these things, you thought you were communing with God or communicating with God or in relationship with a version of a God. And then you came to know that it wasn't him. And I'm curious to hear how you bridge that gap, how you came out of that and learn to discern the voice of the biblical God and knew when you were, because I'm I'm willing to bet you're still receiving attempts at deception, right? How do you know when Jesus is speaking, when God is speaking versus something else? Yeah, this is like one of people's biggest questions too, because it's like, you know, I have, there's so many voices, right? There's so many different voices throughout our day, but the best way to know God's voice is to know his written voice. You have to know scripture. Like, getting in the word every day it says that all scripture is god breathed that the bible is the living word of god that it is active it is timeless and that it is also the sword of the spirit and whenever jesus in the bible when he was faced with temptation or anything he used scripture to rebuke that so if the voice that you are hearing is not pointing you to the lord is not pointing you to the cross, is not pointing you to Jesus. If if that voice is pointing you to yourself or to the world, that's when you know, like, it's not of God. Like, God's voice will only point you to the cross and to Jesus, and it will only point you to, like, glorifying his kingdom. And that's when you have to be like, well, how do I glorify God's kingdom? What is God's kingdom about? And it's like, go back to Genesis and look at God's original design for humanity and, you know, holiness, real holiness, real sacredness. And the more that you're going to like know scripture, get in the word, like you're going to naturally memorize it. Like Holy Spirit is your guide and your counselor. Like he's a person, like the living God, like the spirit of the living God is dwelling in you to teach you this so you can defend yourself against the enemy. Mm, so good. <laughs> yeah. I um oh my gosh, I've been thinking about this so much lately. How in the new age, and even prior to that, like kind of like you, I thought I would go into either psychiatry or psychology, and then I'm like, I don't want to be part of this system. Yeah. I went into coaching, like it's a very similar story, and then I went into trauma coaching specifically, it was also what I was practicing. And in that whole world, and even in the psychology world, although psychology is more secular. But definitely the new age coaching world, I feel like there's this narrative of know yourself and know God. By knowing yourself, you become enlightened. You you start to know God and you start to become like God. The more you know yourself and work on yourself and do all the shadow work and all this stuff. And coming out of that, I've come to realize that it's knowing God that will help us know our true selves. It's knowing our creator that will help us know what he intended for his creation, like how he designed us, what's the truth about who we are supposed to be in his image, as opposed to who the world tells us we're supposed to be, who new age tells us we're supposed to be, who psychology tells us we're supposed to be. It's like, you know, the the analogy of Plato's cave. 
I don't think so. I mean, if you share it, maybe I'll be like, oh, I know. Okay. So Plato, the philosopher, he had this idea of we're all living in a cave and there's like basically a projector. There's this basically false light or this light shining upon these objects behind us at the entrance of the cave. And we're looking at these shadows on the wall, this like projection of shadows on the wall, thinking this is reality, thinking this is truth. And so the way I came to understand what I was doing is I was studying these shadows on the wall, trying to figure out truth about myself, about God. When I was studying the shadows on the wall, I was studying the projection of this world, right? Like the shadow version of everything that is actually God, that is actually godly, as opposed to the truth, the true light, the the light that he can shine on the objects behind us and reveal the truth, the original design of his creation. And by studying him, we get to learn about that design. We get to learn who he is and therefore who he wants us to be in his image. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, like the shadow work when I because I used to believe that like the yin and the yang were was God, right? Like like that's what I believe. And then I was like, oh, the masculine, the feminine, like that's literally like what my belief system was, was like the yin and the yang. And then illuminating, you know, the more darkness you alchemize, the more light that you're gonna get. It was just all like hearing myself say it now. I'm like, I cannot believe that. But in the Bible, there is a verse that says, God is all light and no dark. Like he is all good. Like, and that right there, I remember the first time I read that verse, like it literally like convicted me of the belief that like the yin and the yang. And actually the yin and the yang is completely satanic and evil. Like the, like the dark part of the yin and the yang is, um, is Satan. And then the light part is Lucifer. So it's um, false light and then the dark and then evil, like, and in order to just step, like, you have to step back and be like, no, like, th- Jesus is above that. Like, Jesus is, he's a one true living God. Like, in God, there is no darkness. Like, you do, your darkness, your shadow is actually your sin. And you have to crucify that. Like, you know, you need to, like, drag that to the cross. Like, the Lord, all that has been, you know, crucified with Christ and that's like in the new age, I was deceived to be like, oh, no, I have to accept this part of me. Like, and, you know, my boyfriend, he had like a porn addiction and stuff. And he'd be like, you have to accept this part of me. And like, I just remember even that being like, no, like, I don't want to accept that part of you. Like, just knowing that that was evil, like, we don't have to accept evil to have more light. Like, and that's where I wagers are deceived, like, because going to the Lord and getting saved by Jesus is almost like too good to be true in a way, right? Like, but not knowing that there's actually a whole process of sanctification that you then go through when you do give your life to the Lord. And, um, but it's totally different than the whole like shadow work stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I also, I'm curious to hear, because I feel like a lot of the people listening to this are in the new age and like don't understand concepts and they're even new to me, right, of bringing something to the cross. So can you speak on what that looks like in practice instead of shadow work, instead of the trauma healing you used to do? What is your process? Like, what do you do now as a Christian woman 
to deal with any darkness that does come up. And I am also willing to bet that through the process of sanctification, there's less and less of this stuff. And like you feel more and more free in him. But still, like when sin or darkness does come up, what is the Christian perspective on how to deal with that? Yeah, well, John 15 is literally one of my favorite chapters of the whole Bible. And it talks about how Jesus is the one true vine. And when you abide in him, you will bear much fruit. So the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. And New Agers, when they hear self-control, they're like, uh, but it's like, no, it's actually super godly to have self-control. And you cannot bear this fruit without being um, abiding in the one true vine, Jesus Christ. So let's say I am dealing with a situation where I'm feeling bitter towards someone, right? Or, right, like, and this has definitely come up, like, I actually live with family that they're not saved yet. And sometimes like that bitterness will come up to be like, you're so blind, like you're so blind to like, you're so fixated on the world, like you don't have any relationship with Jesus, right? Like that bitterness and that, like that bitterness is not of God, like that is not a fruit of Jesus's spirit, like that is the enemy wanting me to feel hardened towards my family and Cause if I'm hardened towards them, I won't pray for them. I won't be believing for their salvation. Like I won't be wanting to witness to them. Right. But when I abide in Jesus and I'm praising and I'm worshiping him, he will be able to bear fruit in me to have the patience and the gentleness and the kindness to be able to witness to them lovingly or to have them meet Christ through me. You know, we are ambassadors of Christ. So really it's like there's you know I don't do practice anymore like I don't it's really just I have a relationship with Jesus Christ like he is my friend he is my good shepherd he is my God he's my redeemer my savior and I talk to him like I just would talk to you know a person like Lord I you know me already you know how I feel I have such bitterness towards my dad right now Lord please like get rid of this bitterness or just like please fill me with your grace. Like, please give me the grace to be able to go out there and to just witness to my dad, like, just take this away from me. And there's no like certain prayer that you have to pray. Like there's no weird things that you have to do, like in the new age, like, you know, it's really, you get to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Yeah, I love how you put that, that you don't do practices anymore. You don't don't wake up and meditate and chant something and then on the full moon do shadow work or what <laughs> freedom it's such yeah. freedom. oh my gosh yeah I feel like when we're reliant on self not only can we not do it like we ultimately don't succeed in what we're trying to achieve but we're also constantly trying to achieve we're constantly yeah. trying to heal we're constantly trying 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 that's really the the main word here and the main mm-hmm. action I feel like when you're on your own or even like in community or with a coach, like you're still, it's all this human will trying to do something we weren't designed to do. And that's why reading God's word, that's why learning who God really was. When I first went to church, I kept going because the, the ideas that were presented were actually aligned with my new age belief of who God was. So I kept going because I was like, oh, you know, God is love. But I was also chucking out whatever didn't 
sir yeah. at the time. Like whenever they used the word Lord, I was like, I'm not going to use that word or whatever. Um, or when you know, there are worship songs of like bowing, not bowing down before him, but, you know, worshiping him and yeah. and surrendering to him. I was like, no, no, I'm I, I'm part of God. That idea of like we're all drops of water in the ocean that is God. We're all cells of the body of God are perversions of the truth of like we are the body of Christ. But that's not the same thing as being little gods. We yes. are, like you said, ambassadors of God, which is a totally different thing. We're made in his image, but we're not little gods. Yes. So I think the idea for me in the new age and for the people still in it was that surrendering, well, I think surrender is in the new age, right? Like surrendering your desire. So you it can manifest whatever that some version of it again, like a perverted version is yeah. there. But the idea of surrendering to a savior, the fact that we need God, that we yeah. need a savior sounds yeah. disempowering. So can you speak yeah. on how that's just not true, how it's the most empowering, liberating thing that we could possibly do is surrender to our Savior, Jesus Christ. I know it's like when you're, and going back to what I was sharing before, like when you're not aware of your sin, of like sin is real and I'm I'm actually a sinner in in desperate need of a Savior, like there's no need for a Savior when you don't believe that you are living in sin. And when you like, know Jesus and you know you know it's not about like knowing about him or reading about him like you can read the Bible and just not even have the Holy Spirit and have a revelation from God like it's about like being born again and you were born again through the godly grief when you're grieved and realizing oh my gosh I am a sinner like sin is actually real And it leads to the godly grief that leads to repentance, which leads to the spiritual transformation of being born again. And, you know, in the Bible, there's a verse that says, um, for my power, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. That's Jesus says that. So the Christian walk is not about realizing how powerful you are. It's about actually realizing how weak you are and how desperately you need Jesus because only Jesus was perfect. He lived a perfect sinless life. And that's why he is the only ultimate sacrifice of our sins, because his blood was like the perfect sacrifice. And, you know, in the new age, like people do blood sacrifices, they understand the power of blood. And then like having the revelation of like, wow, Jesus's blood was actually perfect atonement for our sin. Like he took upon the wrath that we deserve because another verse in the Bible says the wages of our sin is death. And, you know, not all of us are born children of God. And that's where the new age perverts it. Like, no, like we're all God and we're all children of God. And actually that's not true. And that's why you have to be born again and adopted into the kingdom of God. And some people could be like, oh, well, that's me. And a loving God would never do that. It's like, well, loving God sent his one and only son to come and die so that you actually can have a relationship with him. You know, like there's so many like rebuttals that new ages have, but it's like, cause they don't see what, what Jesus did for them. And once you realize like, okay, I am not God, right? Like I, there actually is a God a, is a creator. And this creator actually has a perfect design and boundaries for me to live and I actually have not been living in that and I actually am so in bondage to my sin like I need a savior 
And that is the most, oh, the most freeing thing ever is just realizing like, wow, Jesus, <laughs> like Jesus did that for me so that I can live in relationship to him. There's no other way to have a relationship with God than through being born again and giving your life to Jesus. But the new age will pervert it and be like, well, if you chant this and you do that, and that's how you get to God, but you're actually tapping into the dark kingdom. Like there's two kingdoms, God's kingdom and Satan's kingdom. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. And I love that you use the word boundaries because I feel like that word is so accepted by everyone in popular society and psychology and new age. It is a word we all stand by like, yeah, boundaries are important. Yet when it comes to obedience to God, oh no, that's oppression. So the context in which you use the word boundaries matters and people will stand by it in all these other contexts yet in the Christian faith and in obedience and in submitting to God, submitting to God's boundaries for us that serve the same yeah. positive purpose that they serve in the idea of sin. I mean, I don't do this anymore because I'm, I feel like my relationships have changed entirely. But back when I had to be in control of my whole life and I felt like I had to exert my will, yeah, I had to exert my will and boundaries too. When really, if you just live by God's boundaries, it's it's so much simpler like there is just there is this freedom in simplicity in surrendering to the design god intended for us with god leading and us following with us living in that intention for us and that like protection that he provided us and the other thing that i i come across a lot in the conversations i'm currently currently having with people who are in the new age and i think at some point these will just have to like end cuz they're not going anywhere but the idea of they, they support me in my truth. Yeah. And, uh, like, you know, I, that resonates with you. And that whole idea of subjective truth, your truth, take what resonates and leave the rest is so, so, so strong yeah. in the new age. And I feel like in our generation as a whole, too. So what do you have to say on that? What have you come to discover on the other side, like having come out of the new age and how did you navigate that? Yeah. Well, John 14, six, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. Like Jesus is literally telling us like, he is the truth. He is God. He is like what he did, like everything, the Bible, like that is the truth. And when you realize like the whole, my truth, you see how it's actually like such a rebellion against God. And it's, it's literally like Satan, you know, it's, it's an idea from Satan. So when people say like, your truth, my truth, like, there is that doesn't exist. It's like, there's only one truth. And there's only one way to God, like, there's only one way. And people think like, oh, like, no, that's so mean to say there's only one way. But it's like God actually loves us so much that he actually only made one way so that we won't get like lost. But Mm. we do get lost, you know, and he comes and gets us. But that's like the one verse that I always share is like, no, like Jesus is the truth. And the Jesus of the Bible, not Christ consciousness, not Jesus, Mary Magdalene's lover, not like Jesus even told us there's going to be many um Christ that come in his name saying they're the truth and they're the Christ and it's like 
no like and you just see it all once you read the word um everything in the new age especially when you read the old testament like it's so wild how like all of humanity time and time again just started worshiping idols worshiping these things and like just rebelling against god but going back to like what you were talking about in the submission piece is you know these people that talk about submission and surrender it's like well, the true masculine and feminine dynamic is that like we are the feminine, the bride of Christ, right? And God talks about this. We are the bride of Christ and he is the bridegroom. And this is why you see so many women's femininity getting truly restored when they give their life to Jesus because, you know, we are feminine, you know, the feminine is submitting to the true masculine and you know, you see a lot of like people getting ripped out of new age, becoming homemakers and wives and mothers and having those desires because that those are godly desires to want to submit to him and then to your husband and to be mothers and be fruitful and multiply. So yeah, just wanted to touch upon that too, going back. I'm glad you did because I'm I'm seeing that in myself. Like I've been, I mean, I've been married for two years and I've been in relationship with my now husband for like six years um and I was resenting him for most of that relationship for like little things because I wanted at first I wanted kind of the feminist relationship because I came from science from the northeast of the states which is like very agnostic intellectual and feminist So when we met, I was in that kind of paradigm. And so I wanted an equal relationship in that, in that scheme of things over like, we're the same. Then I turned into the new age and I wanted him to be the representation of that divine masculine. Right. And I wanted him to lead. And anyway, I wanted all these like ideas that I now know are not, (laughs) are not true. Um, And in both of those, paradigms I was unsatisfied and I was resentful of him why aren't you like this and then later that the standard changed and why aren't you like this and shortly after I was convicted through stories like yours through testimonies from new age to Jesus I found myself like you said walking around the house like cleaning without resentment without obligation just like trying to make my home nice for the first time in probably my whole life, I want to say years, but probably my whole life of actually desiring those things, those things actually feeling good and right. And like going into his office and cleaning it up and not being resentful that he doesn't do it himself, that he's designed differently. He plays a different role in our marriage and our life. And finally coming to rest in that. It's like these these designs for our life are meant to, for us to rest in. And I love how you put the one path to God is supposed to be another form of protection, another form of guidance, another form of simplicity. So we can rest Mm -hmm. in knowing that we're, we're doing it quote unquote, right? Like the fact that we're walking the correct path, the path that will indeed lead us to God and not be confused. And I was wondering how how you came out of the like multiple truth idea was it that one convict like that one testimony that convicted you or was it how did you grapple with all these contradictions i would say i think in the past i 
I unknowingly believed a lot of contradictions. And at the time I made sense of them, like you were talking earlier about how we're constantly seeking more. When we're not in Christ, we're constantly seeking more. And before I came to him, I saw in the coaching world and actually spoke on this in the coaching world of how wanting more is good and is divine feminine and you get to have more and it's healthy and you get to like be appreciative for what you have and grateful and want more and that it's like beautiful and all these things instead of the empty seeking that it actually is that I came out on the other side I was just talking to my husband about this and he was like yeah, that sounds like seeking. And I'm like, I know. And I was so, so deceived and believing that it was like good for me and it was helping me and all this stuff. So not only are all, are there all these un, unseen contradictions when you're in the new age, but then you come out and your eyes have been opened and you're navigating, I guess, I feel like once your eyes have been opened, you're not, you're no longer navigating the contradiction between the truth and the way you were walking, but you might be navigating the contradiction between the truth and what other people believe. And I guess I'm, I keep coming back to this because the people listening are probably in the former camp of believing these new age ideas. And I'm trying to bridge that gap of understanding where right now it's like we were convicted. So God showed us. What would you say to those people whose eyes haven't necessarily been opened yet, but maybe are, I mean, they're receptive enough to be listening to this episode and maybe are ready for some truth? Um, and how would you bridge that gap for them? Well, I would just point them to Jesus and say, if you really want to know the truth, if you really, really want to know, like, ask the Lord yourself, like, ask him. He wants to reveal himself to you, but you have to come to him with a humble heart you can't come to him like oh I know it all and I'm gonna you know like no earnestly seek the truth you know and the Lord says like in his word like seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart so if you're like in a space of like confusion but maybe you're being convicted or you you know want to know like really just ask Jesus yourself like pray like like, Jesus, please reveal yourself to me. Like, if this is real, if this is true, like, please show me. And, you know, get a Bible, get the word, like, pray that Holy Spirit fill you and show you that this is the living, real living word of God, you know. No human can make you see it, right? It's only the Holy Spirit that will be able to, you know, open up your, your eyes to that. And, yeah, like, the gospel is so simple. And, the new age really just complicates everything because if you're just seeking for the next thing and the next thing, you're just going to keep going around in circles. Like there's always going to be another thing, but like once you're, you meet the Lord, it's like, wow, the gospel is actually so simple and your whole life becomes like simplified from it. But you know, that's what Satan does. He points to what you don't have. And there's nothing wrong with, I don't think there's anything wrong with like wanting to serve God more, wanting him to use you more, like, you know, being ambitious and stuff. But when that more is like more of the world, like if you are making an idol out of like more clients and more business or more fame and more followers, like that is not of the Lord. But, but if you are like wanting to serve God more, you want to impact more people with the gospel, like that's fine. Like you can pray for that, you know? Mm. Yeah, 
I'm seeing that the difference between those two things, just to make sure I'm understanding you correctly, is that one is in that divine design of what God wants for us and one is not, right? One is against it. Yeah. 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 One is to glorify God and one is to glorify yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the main difference between the new age and following Christ is we are designed to glorify God. He wants us to glorify him. He wants us to live for him. And it's, in fact, so I'm I'm Russian in case you don't know for my name, but I was I'm, wondering. I was like, what <laughs> ethnicity? I was born in Moscow, Russia, and uh, my Russian's not good enough for me to read the Russian Bible completely and like understand it. But I have perused it a little bit, and the Russian word used for things like bond servant or like servant of Christ is yeah. slave. Yes, I love. Yep, and yep. And actually, why don't, why don't you speak on that? Yeah, like no, some thoughts. Like some people could be like, oh, I'm a slave. Like, I don't want to be a slave. Like, and it's like, well, if you really think about it, you're definitely a slave to something else, right? Mm-hmm. Like when I was in the new age, I was a slave to my business in a way. Like I was a slave to, you know, the world. So you're either mm-hmm. a slave to the world or you were a slave to Christ. And there's nothing more amazing than being a slave to Christ. Because like I said, when you meet him and when you, you want to exalt him. You want yourself to decrease and you want to exalt him because you know, like he is the only one that can heal. He's the only one that can free. He's the only, he is the answer to every single question, literally mm-hmm. every single question. So you want to be a slave to him and glorify him. Yeah. Yeah. And I realized in retrospect that when I was healing myself all this time, mm-hmm once I broke free of that, like a few weeks ago, a month ago, I realized that I actually got nowhere. I thought I was getting, like you said, I was going in circles. I thought I was getting somewhere. I thought I was healing. I thought I was improving. And then that illusion just shattered. And I saw everything that I had started with still in me and still coming up. And I was just blind. I was just so, so, so blind to it. And now even when I have questions, like intellectual questions about God or about faith, I bring them to him. Like I don't Google it. I, and sometimes God will lead me to some book or something, but generally the Bible <laughs> um, yeah. and will answer me that way or like through another creator's content or something who's faith-based. But generally like he will answer my question every single time rather than me seeking elsewhere. Like if we just bring everything to him, he will provide anything, including mental knowledge, including healing, including what have you. Oh my goodness. This has been so, so, so good. I even read earlier today um, in, I think it was in Habakkuk 2. I'm still, I'm really bad at memorizing (laughs) scripture. So I'm just going to generally... Um, what's the word reference and paraphrase but yeah this was in the context from what I could tell of Habakkuk kind of having some grief around the state of the world and around um, how how these wicked people are getting away with wickedness and that God's seemingly not doing anything about it and God answers with a whole I mean it was a really long response and a piece of it he said that they are slaves to sin. Yeah. Slaves to sin. 
And it's funny, my my husband, so he grew up Catholic like you. He comes from a bit more of like a Christian background. And he used to tell me and constantly think about the idea that we're all slaves to something, that we're all slaves to something and we're all serving some kind of master. And he also told me when I was in the new age that hippie Jesus does not exist. Wow. <laughs> and I would scoff at him all this time. Wow. And now I'm coming to to see that he was right all along. It's like when you're a little kid and your parents tell you something you don't want to hear. <laughs> and when you grow up and you're like, oh, oh, God. Right? <laughs> so wow. it's, it's been so beautiful to see us like come together in Christ. And he was telling me like, he prayed for God to give him a wife like this, like all along. And then he, he loved me and he, he met me and he like got into a relationship with me and he stuck through all of that with me, not necessarily expecting anything, not expecting me to change, not asking me to change. And then God worked in me and through my life. And then I became the woman he initially wanted to marry. Like he was, amazed how I did that 180 and really was a new creation in Christ and <sighs> just Amazing. Praise God. yeah is there anything else you want to share before we wrap up mm. well anyone that's listening if you ever want to have a conversation or anything around what was talked about like just dm me like my dms are open i would love to like hop on a call with you or something like i love jesus so much and he literally like has changed my whole life for the better and i want you to know him too so i'd love to introduce you to jesus (laughs) how cool is that that we get to be these points of introduction to jesus for whoever it is being led to him and is ready to to surrender to him it's it's also a responsibility to you know to represent christ and because a lot of people do misrepresent him and that's what keeps a lot of people away from him like just corruption in the church and people just being super religious and legalism and yeah but that's not jesus you know so we get to steward that faithfully and holy spirit tells us like i will give you the words that you ought to say when you say it so if the lord is putting someone in your path and you're like okay like what do i say like just ask holy spirit like how do you want me to minister to them and Mm. knows them he like god created them so he will definitely share that yeah absolutely i love it would you be willing to close us out in prayer jessica course all right dear heavenly father lord we come before you today as your daughters lord i just want to thank you so much for this opportunity to share your goodness lord i pray that every single seed that is planted today lord that they fall on good soil lord i pray that you are going to make these seeds grow lord and i pray that you're just going to use this episode to stir hearts with curiosity to know you lord I pray that souls are going to be one and saved through um, through this episode, Lord. And I just thank you so much for the blood. I thank you so much for the simplicity of the gospel, Lord. I thank you so much for just sending your one and only son to come and die for us, Lord, that we can have a relationship with you, Lord, and that you have given us eternity with you. 
And I just look forward to hearing all the testimonies that are going to come um, from this conversation today, Lord. And we pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' holy, matchless name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening, my love. I'm so grateful for you. And I hope you took something powerful away from today's episode. If you haven't already, hit the follow button so you never miss a new episode. And if this episode felt valuable to you, go ahead and leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts so that other children of God like you can find this podcast so we can reach more people. If we haven't met yet, I would love to meet you. Go over to my Instagram at Anna Empowers and say hi, send me a message. I'd love to chat with you. Also head over to my website at AnnaEmpowers.com to dive deeper and explore both free and paid offerings God has been pouring through me to serve you so that you can ditch those shackles of conditioning and your past and step deeper into the stewardship God has called you too. Remember that God holds all the power. He created us to lean on him, not to do it on our own. He created you wonderfully and beautifully as an integral piece of his kingdom here on earth. So steward your gifts with purpose. I love you so much and I'll see you in the next episode.